Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, macabre, New England's own Van Helsink, with me all the way from the land of the Red Dragon, is Mr. Parascience, the gold standard and ghost hunting, Steve Alien Parsons. Hello. How That's are you? It. Hello. Well, yeah, hello. How are you? <laughs> hello. How are you? Hello. Fine. How are you? Whatever. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, anyway. So what's, what's the news then? Well, the good news, of course, is that uh, we now have... Um, that new uh, Facebook uh, is it Facebook page? Well, the new uh, Tojinet page with the new banner and stuff, which is kind of cool. And Excellent. Hello? Sorry, I'm just trying. I there you go. Sorted. <laughs> Sorted is fine. Anyways, uh, is that a, just stand just stand by, Derek? Okay. Uh, well, let's. I mean, he's here. Let's talk. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, without further ado, let me introduce to you someone who I have been always fascinated with. And, you know, I have not paranormal all my life. I've only gone into it, uh, you know, about 20 years ago or something. Uh, he is uh, Mr. Derek Okora. Hello, Ronald. How are you? Very good, sir. How are you? I'm good. And how's Stephen? Uh, very well, Derek. It's nice to hear a fellow Scouse voice. Yeah, great. It's great. A scouse? You yes. wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand, Ron. It's a, it's a, it's a somebody, particular somebody dialect. Somebody told me of, that way one time. Is, isn't that like one part of your country uses scouse and some other part doesn't? No, it's um, scousers are very special people from a very particular part of Great Britain. That's what I was saying, right? Scouse, scouse. So, so you want to explain that to our listeners or, or not? Oh, no, we're no, from no, the really. north, we're from <laughs> north of England. North of England, and um, we come from Merseyside, from Liverpool, where the Beatles and uh-huh. a number of other great, great um, singers and groups and actors have, have come from. Yeah, um, have you not heard of the, that song, Ronald? Ferry cross the Mersey. Yes, I have. Well, that comes from Liverpool. Oh, there you go. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of. I mean, you're kind of young for that song, aren't you? No, no, I'm I'm at that age group. <laughs> you know, Derek, it, it, it's interesting. Like I said earlier, I, I'm not one. If you know, a lot of people are paranormal. Said, "Well, you know, I've been paranormal all my life. I've had ghostly experiences, this and that." And it really never really happened to me until I was much later in my life. So this is all new to me. And and when I first got involved in the paranormal, and I kind of got led to it, is that mediums. I always thought, like you know, mediums were all you know charlatans and all this stuff. But you know what? Until I started meet, you know, meeting and, and understanding what you guys do, it, it was simply amazing. And now, it, 
been doing this so long and working with Maureen, who's a trans medium myself, and we've become so attuned. I now call myself a dumb medium, which means I, things come to me, but I don't really try at it. But yeah. I do have to admit, Derek, and, and when I, I used to watch Most Haunted, and, and you had that guy Sam, and I never understood the Sam character until I finally realized that that, that was a spirit guide, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, Sam has been with me since birth. Um, and, you know, when I first got to know, uh, in this lifetime anyway, uh, through conversing with him, um, it, it shook me out of my skin. Uh, when he started talking to me, I thought to myself, am I going mad? Am I going crazy? <laughs> to, to this disembodied voice um, yes. talking to me. And I thought, oh, my God. Um, I mean, I was sitting in, as you, well, if you could imagine, sitting in the lounge of my uh, mother and father's home one Saturday afternoon, and um, all the family were there, and um, suddenly I was reading the magazine, actually, and everyone was talking and, and so on and so forth, and all looking forward to um, a show and that evening that we were going to watch. Um, and it was, a, again, would you believe it, a, a, a Liverpool um, superstar called Freddie Starr, and he was doing a, a big show on uh, terrestrial TV in England at the time, so we were looking forward to it. Then suddenly to hear this voice, um, I left the lounge, shot up to my bedroom, and it must have been about around 6 p.m. in the evening. And I just mentally said, who is this? Who is this? And suddenly I heard the voice again. And to tell me who he was and um, to try to let me know um, that I was going to work in the spiritual field of work later on in my life. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was just absolutely blown away. I really was. Um, however... On saying that, um, I then, in the next couple of days, made contact with my grandmother, who lived away from us, um, who had been a medium for 40 or nearly 50 years, and told her all about Sam. She said, I know all about him. I really? Knew about him when you were, yeah. I knew about him when you were a boy, but he wasn't meant to you know, speak to you until a certain time. And, of course, wow. it, it, it just blew, blew me away. But that's how I got to know Sam in this lifetime, which we've had a uh, previous encounter and experience in a previous lifetime. Uh, Derek? You know what? Yes, oh. I was just going to say, spirit, spirit guides are actually, uh, they used to be very commonly associated with mediums, uh, you know, if we with spiritualism. But a lot of modern mediums seem to have either uh, gone, it, gone without their spirit guide or their control oh, yeah. or... Uh, or, or 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 don't mention it. I mean, is this is this a new thing? Um, well, it, it I, I, seems, because it's it's quite uncommon to have a spirit guide now. Well, it seems it to be. Ma- it doesn't really matter to me because I I get a little bit. Um, I, what's the word? The right word for this? I I get a little bit tense when I don't hear the so-called right. modern-day mediums. Not talking mm-hmm. about um, you know guidance. I've also heard not in my company, not in front of me, but through other people, where a medium will say, no, we don't need uh, guides and so on. That's when I go, oh, my gosh, Uh, hold on a minute. Without those guides, you would not be getting the work that you're doing, whether you're Uh um, clairvoyant or clairaudience. Those guides are so important. So basically, when mediums say things like that, I don't have much trust or faith in the individual 
Um, uh -huh. I suppose it's ego, actually, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It's ego. Too much ego. Um, I know for a fact I couldn't do the level of my work for Spurs unless I had Sam alongside me working with me. You um, you talk about modern mediums and, I'll, you know, with... I'm a modern with... medium, but I'm not like that. <laughs> right. That's true. But you, with, with Most Haunted, you pretty much... Uh, pioneered the use of uh, mediums leading ghost investigations because you know i've been i've been sort of looking for ghosts since i was a lad um yeah. and i just don't remember psychics and mediums doing this they no i was i i visited spiritualist church i knew mediums they stayed very much within the seance room but with with the show you pioneered uh, the sort of medium coming out into the field, which you know, you know we, we have many, many paranormal groups now that are medium-led. Do you actually think that having a medium on a ghost investigation adds value or or adds something to the investigation process? Well, it depends what you're looking at, Steve. Um, you're talking about a television show as opposed, you know, to whether it be live or recorded, as opposed to a, a ghost investigation uh -huh. through the ghost groups that are cropped yeah. up all across the world in the last 15, 20 years. I know they've been beforehand, but not a lot. Um, I would say that um, you've got to put it on merit. If you're uh, on television and you've got to, what well, I don't like using that word or what people say to me, you know, like producer television companies, mm -hmm. they say, it's got to, the, the goods have got to be produced in front of the camera. And I say, nothing is setting stone. In, in, in life anyway. So if you're asking me as a medium or any other type of medium to come and just like work wonders uh, for so many hours in front of a camera, forget it, chum, because, you know, look, what a lot of people don't know on Most Haunted and other um, programs I did mm -hmm. uh, going back many years ago, we could set ourselves up into a so-called haunted location or reputedly haunted location for five, six hours before anything happened. So basically, you know, you cannot ask the world of spirit um, to do things. You can't command them. You can't demand them. You've got to show a great deal of respect to them. And in hearing that, then maybe, maybe you're going to get spiritual phenomena taking place uh, on a regular basis in the hours that you're there. But now, where mediums are concerned, yes, I, I, I do know that I did pioneer um, the difference because no medium ever had come out of a spiritualist church or the spiritism um, to go and do um, um, spiritual investigations. It wasn't That's known. Right. And right. I, I was told, and the reason why I started doing it was because my grandmother, when I was at the age of nine, wrote these black diaries about my life to come. Now, oh, wow. she had to leave me at the tender age of 15, 16, uh, and then she went over to the higher side of life, still instructing me from the world of spirit, which was wonderful and lovely. But she said, you're going to do an amazing amount of different things that mediums in the past have never, ever done. So be up for the challenge, son. Um, you know, uh -huh. be ready for it. Even though it might take you out of your comfort zone, go and do it. And that's precisely where I was led from. Not because I planned it, not because I'd asked television to come and ask me. It just happened in a natural way. Yeah. 
Do you? I, I mean, what do you make of when you see um, you know, mediums on ghost investigations? I, I mean, I, you know, they're quite common nowadays. Uh, many, many. Well, don't you think it's a natural fit? Well, no. I was just going to ask Derek what you thought you know, about the mediums. You know, they get scared and run away from oh. from spirit. Uh, and from the ghosts, which always strikes well, me. Well, there are ghost the hunters that do that too, Steve. It's, they're not just <laughs> well, that's mediums. True, but that's yeah. true, but, uh, you know, it always strikes me as odd because the mediums are, uh, I guess, the, the ones who are uh, the closest uh, to understanding. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Steve. Um, I've not been able to make it out myself, quite honestly. I've sat for hours sitting with my wife, Gwen, and other family members talking on you know, I've had my grandson and my granddaughters have mm-hmm. sat with me at Sunday lunch and they started talking about a programme and so on. And they say, well, Grandad, you know, uh, we never have saw you run away and squealing and screeching. <laughs> no, we and didn't. I said, no, well, you know did. what? <laughs> you know what? The one thing is this, is I fear the living more so than the spirits, OK? I agree with you there. You know, there's more harm going on in the physical uh, realm of life than what there is in the world of spirit. Um, and also the, um, the negative thinking goes on back here in, in the physical life, not in the world of spirit. So what, why should I be afraid, whether it's you know, encountering a um, negative um, entity, a person who maybe has not lived their life in a good way and they've passed over but not really moved on. And that's part of the time I've found out over these 40 odd years but the reason why they don't want to move on those uh, souls is because they fear some kind of spiritual retribution. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, man's law might have missed them, meaning, you know, if they'd done some terrible act and they were never brought to justice man-wise, um, that, you know, their conscience uh, comes into play and they say, oh, geez, you know, what's awaiting me? I'm staying here, I'm staying put where I feel safe. And they still can continue on whilst they're in this atmosphere, this ether, to think exactly, they haven't changed one iota since their physical days. And, you know, when you encounter them in these um, uh, haunted places of repute, um, they will uh, voice their opinion that way. So you've got to deal with them. And, you know, how do you deal with them? You you deal with them on the moment. And there's nothing scripted. You know, it's happening spontaneously. So it's got to come from within, a natural aspect of um, how you deal with them. And I, I suppose I've been fortunate. It wasn't certainly um, pre-constructed where I had a, a script where I would say this to them. It was happening naturally. And um, I think that's what got me through uh, all those amazing amounts of shows that I did for most mm-hmm. haunted ghost towns and anything else I did in um, television work. You know, I, I I wonder, Derek, when when you are tuned in to a spirit in a location, are, are there other spirits possibly there that you're not attuned to? Absolutely, Ronald. Absolutely, and they they are basically as my understanding is uh, over the years is that as we get uh, life, physical life, and then we pass over, we leave, and then come and visit back because we get we get two. Two equations here going on. A, a spirit person who's moved on, gone over to the light, gone into the, the happy land, uh, the land of light, uh, God's kingdom. It's named many things, heaven. Um, mm-hmm. 
and they have this um, one. Well, they have this uncanny feeling is that if they can come back, just have a little view and see how things are going, the people they've known, going into homes, going into these places where they lived, um, they would certainly do this. And then, of course, then you've got the difference between the ones who've not moved over properly, that have not gone into the lights, have been grounded, stayed in these premises, these buildings and what have you. Now, they cannot see each other purely and simply because this is the universal rule, um, as I understand it, mm -hmm. is that a person who's not done really any wrong in their lives, they've moved on, gone into the light and what have you, when they come in visitation, they certainly cannot contact, link with, see um, the ones who are grounded. Because the, the grounded ones, okay, um, basically they can see each other, but they can't see the ones who've really moved on. So basically, they're not affected by the grounded negative one, nor is the, I suppose, the grounded negative one affected by the visitation of a spirit person who's gone into the light. Mm -hmm. So there are differences. So we, we have, um, when we talk about um, uh, properties, uh, places where they have a history of maybe a thousand years, um, different family members and different names living there, properties passed on, castles, you know, with the kings and the queens and so on and so forth. Um, for each hundred years uh, in, in our time, there's no time in the world of spirit, um, when you get visitation, uh, those people from maybe a hundred years before another group of people, generally, when they come into the atmosphere, won't see the others. So that's why this was a question asked me many years ago. Gosh, you know, the world's crowded and packed, you know, Derek, but that world of spirit must be chock-a-block. It must be absolutely full. Well, you know what? It's not really because you know, we're not of um, substance of matter. Um, and if you want to talk about the spirit energy, um, could be like um, minuscule compared with the, when you think about what we've got in the, the radiance of um, the universes, and you know, going beyond what we've got in time, it's very empty actually, um, compared to uh, the time and space that we've got. Huh. It, you know, one, another thing that that uh, you used a lot on the show too was visitation, and, and I love that word because it, it means so much to I think so many people who have lost loved ones. Yes. The word visitation, where, where they actually come back, so that it sh it shows the existence of life after death, not in some dark place that we are now, but uh, but being able to come back and, and leave. I think that's that's uh, really a, a cool phrase. It's only, the phrase has only come through my experience of talking with the spirit um, over all these years of conversing and uh, whatever I've done spiritually. That's what really pleased me, Ronald. Was that, mm -hmm. uh, the idea beyond anything else that was, uh, hey, we've got that facility. The moment we move over to the world of spirits and we, we, we take that sense of newness and healing and what have you, and we feel great and we feel young and we feel invigorated. And then on top of that, Ronald, Steve, to be told, hey, did you know that you can go back and visit your family as often as you like, go into the home where you left if your wife is still there, go there if your husband's still there and mm -hmm. go and listen to conversations, go and see 
what's going on presently in their lives. It's so exciting to the spirit people. Looks like I have to behave myself now that my mom's passed, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know what's no, interesting? I was just going to say, I find that intensely frustrating, actually, because <laughs> you're, you're able to watch the conversations, but without the assistance of somebody else, it would appear that you're sort of kind of left out on the side and can't join in. Well, yeah, I suppose you can look at it that way. Like I say when I talk in seminars and what have you, it's like your spirit people, your mums, your dads, if they've moved over, uh, gone on that great journey, they're like flies on the wall, so to speak. They can come in. You don't generally know they're there, or but the best part of the time you don't. They're listening to your conversations. They're seeing what you're doing. They're seeing what meal you're eating at that time. They're seeing what your plans are. They see, and they come excited. Hey, we know a family member uh, could be my granddaughter's great grand. She's pregnant. And we're going to come over and monitor this pregnancy, make sure this baby's born. Or, hey, there's my grandson or my great uh, nephew is getting married. We're going to go to that wedding, you know. And look, the same feelings, the same responsibility of thought goes on in the world of spirit as did when they were here in the physical life. You don't change your personality. You stay exactly the way you are. You're free thinking. If you're generally a very good person in life, and what I mean by that generally is thinking about others before yourself, wanting to do nice things without any reward, wanting to see a pleasure in people's lives, wanting to see them happy. My God, your life in the world of spirit is heavenly. You know, I always say when I do my lectures and stuff that, you know, the number one sighting of ghosts or spirit is what I call messenger spirits. And that's someone who's just passed and they come back just to see how you are or to show themselves and let you know that they're okay. I mean, this happened to my mom. My mom never believed in ghosts or anything else, but my dad died in a, a cookout and uh, never got to say goodbye to her. And, and that night she, he showed up in her bedroom. Of course, she yeah. screamed, but uh, I, it's, uh, you know, and, and time after time, people will tell me stories like this. Mm. Well, you know, my mother-in-law, who, uh, bless her, she's a lovely, lovely lady, like I had a very lovely mom, been very fortunate in my life both a lovely mum and a lovely mother-in-law. Um, and when um, my father-in-law uh, passed away, it, would, it happened quite quickly. He wasn't a young man, but it, it happened quite quickly from diagnosis. Uh, my mum-in-law, naturally, um, she came to live with uh, both my wife and I, Gwen, because she was virtually wheelchair-bound. And for the time that she um, stayed here before she moved on, um, it was only a matter of uh, less than a month when she was asleep in, in her bedroom in our home and she shouted out and I was one of the first to go into the bedroom and I turned the lights on and she said to me, Derek, Derek, I've just seen Bill, I've just seen Bill. He's just walked uh, from the side of the wardrobe, come over and he, he, he stroked me on my, my forehead. Oh, and wow. Now that was a, a, a woman, she knew what I was but she'd never in her life ever up to the 79th year of her life ever had a spiritual experience but her bill came back to her and she saw him many times afterwards and she did not want to move from her home until she passed over because she thought this was the place for her bill to come and visit her oh wow it 
it, I just find it so fascinating because, you know, we can't prove it, of course, which which is the disappointing thing. But, mm. I mean, we believe in faith, and, and that's what faith yeah. is, is believing in something that you can't prove. So I, I find when we have a, a, a good medium uh, that, you know, tells us this stuff, it, it's comforting, I think, to a lot of people, especially those who have lost uh, loved ones. I, I think the vast majority of mediums who are working for spirit, no matter if it's been a short time, a medium time, or even a long time, if that medium has got those um, right credentials of feeling within, that medium will always, whether it be a man or a woman, will always be able to validate, give... A lot of mediums say, we don't like to talk about giving proof, but we like to validate, we like to, we like to give evidence, evidence. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, let's separate evidence from proof. Um, is not evidence a certain proof? Is not proof a certain evidence? Um, let's, as you say, which is a wonderful thing, what you said before about faith, I had to rely on as a young boy. I was brought up under the Catholicism and Catholic faith. So mm -hmm. I had to have faith, faith that, you know, Everything that we've read about, everything that the doctrine and everything that, that, that it was true. Now, when you get to a point where, and I can only say from my standpoint, standpoint I should say, my own personal experience, is that mine was taken from a faith to a certain proof. Then it moved on over the years from a certain proof through validation and through different things to a greater faith until I got to a point in my life, which was about 28 years ago, when I held my hands up, not literally, but I held my hands up and said, Spirit, you don't have to say, do, show me any more. I believe completely in what you're showing me, telling me, giving me, and I will continue doing this work where it needs, where help is needed, where in bereavement, a, a certain amount, in our work, I believe it's not talked about a lot by mediums. We okay. talk about a separate issue being healers than mediums, but mediumship should uh, bring about, um, when I do evenings and what have you, a certain amount of what we call healing to the mind of the person who's getting that special connection with their loved ones from the world of spirits on that given time. Okay. I know we're coming up to the break. We've got about a minute left. And and did I just one quick question? And poor Steve hasn't had a chance to say much. Uh, Sorry, I'm it, Sorry, did, Steve. Did, did, it's all right, fine. Did did Stan, Sam have to prove himself to you? Yes, he did. Very much okay. so. And that's who the, the person was. Where I put my hand up. I said, "You prove it to me. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Give me more proof. Okay. Give me more proof." And he did. And that's when I held my hands up and said. That's it okay. now. For the rest of my life, I'll do that for you. Well, I know we're just about on the on the break time. And uh, do you believe that everyone has spirit guides, even if they're unaware of them? Absolutely. It's uh, you know, it's a born thing for us. Uh, I was told this many many years ago. They are hierarchy from the world of spirit. Everyone is born okay uh, with a spirit guide, main guide, from birth to so-called physical death. Before they go on that journey, every person. You don't have to be psychic. You don't have to be a mediumship uh, skilled. Everyone has got that. 
Well, Derek, that's the break. Uh, that's the tunes. Can you hold on for us? Okay. And we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Pararex, uh, Tojinet, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We'll be right back. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. <laughs> 427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, the next generation, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so we have, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And cemetery tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. And the steady beat of Van Helsing's heart pacemaker brings us back into part two of Ghost Chronicles International Live on Toginet Para X and the Ghost Channel. Or you might be listening to us on the podcast, 
Or you might be listening to us on iTunes or one of those new clever smart radio apps like, what's it called, Ron? Tune in? Tune in. Tune in. Tune, Tune in. in. And our guest tonight hardly needs any introduction, um, certainly not from me anyway, um, psychic medium uh, Derek Akora. Hi. Hi, Ron. Uh, yeah, we're back. <laughs> you know, you know, Derek. It, I, I, I've been dominating the conversation because I, I, I find you fascinating to talk to. So I got to let Steve get some questions in here before. Yeah. Uh, well, so awfully good of you, Ron. Thank I know. You. I know. I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> Derek, Derek. I, I, I mean, I've studied. Uh, spiritualism extensively um, and Ron and I have, have talked about this it, there's a conundrum I have because there have been many many books written uh, about spiritualism and describing what happens to us once we pass over uh, some of the books have been dictated uh, by spirit through mediums the, the conundrum is that, that there is such a disparity of experiences described from the other side some people describe it in religious terms. Some people describe it in earthly terms. Uh, what's your experience? Well, firstly, I, I, I've written a, a number of books myself, um, and I've read an awful lot of books by the modern-day mediums and also mediums going way back, you know, Doris Stokes, Doris Collins, and even, well, my grandmother never wrote, uh, wrote a book, but um, disparity. I don't, I, I don't really want to say, uh, put it into a category of disparity um, in the sense of um, a person that is spiritually attuned, no matter what book they will read, it, it comes to me anyway, um, personally. Um, whatever they read, they will see the truth in what they read. Now, uh -huh. from a person who's non-thinking um, or even scientifically minded, will read one book next to the other and then say there's disparity. Um, it was often said to me by my guide, Sam, um, that, and I've spoken with mediums all over the world at different times, is that where we all have a difference of not an opinion of what the way things are, it's, it's the way the spirit experience, that means all the people that go over after mm -hmm. a, a, you know, a physical lifetime, an incarnation, how they experience their heaven. And it's like, okay, I was shocked out of my boots uh, about 24 years ago, uh, around that time. I was told for the first time by a connecting spirit woman that her heaven was made up of this. And it was in a very short space of time. I was doing um, a demonstration. Um, it was in Australia. And um, she said, Tell my husband who's in the audience, she named him and, you know, and he recognized and he knew it was his wife, to tell him that, you know, for so many years in our lives, her husband was a hard-working man, he did uh, this, that, and the other, to give us the, the best sort of life, and we had a number of children, we didn't have any spare money, couldn't go on uh, long-distance holidays, but I always said to him, my dream was to get a home, and she described it to me, it was like a bungalow. So I mentioned that word. Well, you know what? The person in the audience just went crazy. Oh, my God. You know, so you're telling me that when we go over there, we can have a home or fashion a home the way we'd have liked it when we were living on the airplane. And I said, exactly so. So what I'm trying to get at is 
then you'll get another person who'll say that they uh, are not, they won't talk about where they live or the explanation of it. They may start talking about who they're with and what have you. So no one can, can say, pin it down to this word disparity. Okay. Why there's differences in the explanation or the understanding of i.e. where we live, what it's really like, um, and, and so on and so forth. Now, I, I came to the, a, a, a very strong conclusion, and it was only as, as uh, close as about 10 years ago, where I read all the materials of all the mediums and what have you, and the way they're explaining to the reader what to expect when we go over there, and the differences from one medium to another. And, you know, an awful lot of explanation came to mediums from so-called um, guides who gave them the information and what have you. And I wasn't happy about that, purely and simply because I wanted to get it from the source, not just from the guides. So I dug deeper. That's what I put my before I put my hands on it. I tested spirit to the limit. Sam told me more than he ever known anyone had done. And so this is the way I want to leave just that one thing, what you're saying, Steve, is that uh -huh. your experience from one person to the next of a heavenly life can be not what we call totally different, but can be so different. Um, and it's just what I've had explained to me, and I've written about it on a number of occasions, uh -huh. is what is ex what we experience in a physical life, one person to the next, we could be on a different level of evolving spiritually. So one experience is going to be a little bit different than another, even in the afterlife. Derek, do spirits have difficulties communicating with, with us? Uh, Sometimes I, they, they do. They have a desire, but is there a... Because, you know, we all, we all want to know answers, but there always seems to be a difficulty in them, them communicating. Is that built into the system, so to speak? It is to a degree, Steve, which is sad, I know, but it is. Um, and uh, basically, it's put down to a, uh, many, many, many things. Let's say, for instance, there you are as a nice man. I like to think I'm an okay sort of man, as is Ron. Um, and we could be three different personalities in a given physical lifetime as we're talking to each other. Now, the one out of the three of us who could be maybe, just as an example anyway, uh, one a little bit more extrovert than the other, and the other one being uh, maybe slightly introvert. Um, when we find ourselves going over to the world of spirit in our given time when we're called, um, one will still have that, um, one for a better word, that brazen way of, you know, uh, a person who is far forward and jump forward and speak uh, more so than the other person, and the other one being totally introverted. If we're that way, we're not going to change much uh, in that personality. So the ones, unfortunately, who were the person who liked to stand in the background, not say too much, maybe thought a lot, but didn't speak out for themselves and what have you, the introverted, they, they're the ones who find it difficult to uh, initially get the grasp of communication, more so than the extrovert person. Okay, we've got uh, some questions from the, from the listeners in the chat room. Um, one of them, uh, sort of take them in order, if you don't mind. Uh, 
is asking what your perception is for the future of mediumship. Is it at risk of becoming just another form of entertainment, or do you feel that it's straying from what it's really all about? Well, firstly, I'm totally, totally against, um, you know, it's a lovely question, against this business of the entertainment. Uh, I, as a medium, who work in um, theatres, which a lot of mediums do across the world, mm -hmm. uh, but it happened more so in England, the only place in England where um, the uh, ruling uh, body who check out television programs and what have you, have forced an issue to make us uh, put banners up before a show on a screen saying, you know, basically it's purely for entertainment. Um, and put, I always put my own um, uh, slant on and say, but it's not Derek Acora's uh, sentiments, that's for say. <laughs> but it's telling people um, you know, we're uh, coming down by Big Brother um, to uh, give them that. Now, how sad is that? When people are coming along, they've got the heartfelt feeling that they want, if they can be at all possible, to communicate with a loved one they've been married to for 50, 60 years, who they're still thinking about. Then to, to see this before an evening, um, as far as the government's concerned, or the governing body of television, this is purely for entertainment. It's not Derek Acora's sentiment or any other good medium sentiment. We're working for spirits. It's responsible. We take it really, really in heart. That's why I'm still working at my age. And well, I'll continue to work for spirits until I drop, because that's my, it's not entertainment. Right. And continuing down the list of questions, um, and giving Ron a rest for a minute. Um, if a person, you said before about uh, uh, people can create their own heaven effectively once they pass over, yeah. um, can they also get stuck in their own hell? Oh, that's a good one. Um, generally, generally, i found that the ones who are stuck in the odd one or two senses that can be stuck in their own hell are the ones yeah. who have actually been grounded um, and then uh, somewhere along the line, uh, they've thought, you know, I'm going to release this, I'm going to try it, um, and they go over. They will go to the lower regions of the world of spirit, which is not uh, the nicest of places, as I understand. Um, but you see spiritual uh, intervention and justice comes in there, finally, um, to try and show that spirit then. Um, the wrongdoings and so on and so forth, but then leaves them to think about it um, for maybe a long time and, you know, offer them the opportunity to renounce all the evil doings and the things that we did and eventually, eventually, gentlemen, for them to progress and to be lifted out of that um, dire health state, um, which is the lower regions. Um, and then they move on. So basically, you know, even the bad ones are not dumped uh, into this health state uh, forever and a day. They get the opportunity to uh, develop and move on, but only after they've renounced the um, sorrowfulness of the sins and the things that they actually got up to in uh, hurting humankind. And, and I saw this question, but I think Steve jumped over it. And I, I saw it in your bio, so I, I have never heard her before. But uh, so Ghost Girl actually asked, "What is Antique Ghost Show?" It's something that was in your oh, bio. Antique Ghost Show. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed doing the Antique Ghost Show. And um, what it was, 
was that um, people who have got uh, artifacts um, uh -huh. and um, uh, articles that belong to maybe um, the parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, people that they've known, um, articles that they actually owned, they were invited to bring those articles along uh, to the place where we were doing the, um, the actual show um, mm -hmm. and them to be laid out um, on a table and for them for me to be invited in for the first time and to actually uh, conduct um, psychometrizing. Oh, I love psychometry. So do I. Um, oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. And so I, I was able to do this, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing because I had psychometrized articles in the past, but not mm -hmm. to the scale on a television show. And it was remarkable. It was bizarre sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some of the, uh, as I touched the vibrations, no matter what they were, um, to pick up the insights of the person who, who these, this article or articles belong to, getting mental pictures, photographs, if you like, and, and describing the person, and for the person to say, here's a photograph, you've just described my great-grandfather. You know, it, it's just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I was, I was really, really struck with that program. I thought that maybe the, um, the commission editor at the, uh, at the network was going to... I, I, I was saying, you know what, this should go five, six, seven series. But mm -hmm. unfortunately... At that time, it got great reviews and, you know, great figures. But around that time, it was so unfortunate because the network was taken over by Sky. So, of course, okay. new commissioners came in and they couldn't see the, the brightness. So um, we only got that one series. But, wow, um, I, 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 just, I just absolutely loved um, doing the program. And I loved psychometrizing, yes. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting, idea. Yes, I say, the, the idea actually was picked up um, and was used by the ghost collector. Oh, yes. You mean the haunted collector? Over, over, you know, the haunted collector over in America yeah. because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they yeah. basically, but they take it away. But that's with not the same. Like no, a, that's absolutely not the same. Is uh, it not? Derek, no, Derek is, is talking absolutely about by psychometry, which is reading energy. I mean, uh, my paranormal study meets once a month, and, and one, part of it, we always do psychometry, which is items that we read. And it, it's absolutely a fascinating subject. But the haunted collector, is it's more of a ghost hunting thing. It's, in other words, it's haunted objects, basically. Uh, and right. Yeah, it's it's not anywhere near the same. And, and psychometry is... It's, I, I hate to say it's a science, but it, it almost is in, in the, it's at the, mature, the uh, information that comes out. I mean, you came over, Steve, and, and brought some unique items, and you saw the results of some of the stuff we got. Wasn't it fascinating? It was a very enjoyable experience, testing the, the idea of psychometry, absolutely. Well, um, and it's something guy? that does need to be studied. How's this, guys? Okay, there, there was one in the series, I think there was eight shows, and I, I can't remember exactly precisely whether it was the third or the fifth show into the series. And uh, <coughs> I was brought into the, um, the studio and um, there was uh, like a small audience and, and, and people and what have you. And I then was asked to, by the presenter, to pick up the first item. And I got to the second item. And you know what it was? This is how bizarre this is, right? Was um, mm -hmm. a person had actually sculpted or put together a model of a uh, an old um, ship in this like big glass box, 
mm-hmm. and it was quite big actually. We're, we're talking about the glass box was something like five foot long by about three foot deep, and I was told that the item inside was the important thing I had to psychometrize. And I said on camera, well, unfortunately, I won't be able to do that because I'd have to put my hands and touch the actual article, which was the boat or the ship. Right. And they said, no, you can't do that. So I said, okay, I'll try, but I can't, you know, promise. I put my hands on the glass and then, whoa, lo and behold, it even took me, it shook me, it knocked me back, I jumped back. And I then started to go into a motion of talking about what I was seeing, experience, and I could see these men jumping up and down with these spears, and I said the, the colour, they were black men, and this, that, and the other. And then um, I could see these men shooting at them, and this is all from a boat, by the way. And then I got a name, and I said there was something within the boat that could um, identify the owner of this thing, um, of this boat, and who sculpted or made it. And it, 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 the program was stopped for a moment because it wasn't live. It was like, you know, recorded. Right. And the owner, they brought the owner uh, who brought this in. And he said, I can't believe what I've been hearing. I cannot believe. <clears throat> and yes, there is a hidden department in that boat. And he's talking about a cap or a hat. And he said, yes, there is. So the oh, wow. uh, producer said, take it out. So they took the glass off. He wouldn't let me touch it went down to the bottom of the boat, brought this hat out, then he said, let's start the program again. Everything was done honestly, everything was transparent, and they said, put that hat in Derek's hand. And as they did, I then named the person whose hat it was. And then I, they, the man just stood there in the background with his mouth open, and the, and the man shouted, turn the cap round, Derek, and have a look. Now, the producer wasn't expecting this, so I looked, and there was his name, and you know, um, inside, pen written, inside. And then I said about Rourke's Drift, and about, you know, this, that, and the other. And the long story cut short was <coughs> that the man who sculpted this boat um, was one of uh, a number of very brave men that fought against the Zulus. Um, I, I think it was called Rourke's Drift. Yep. Uh, where a lot of people lost their lives and what have you. And this particular man was uh, awarded a, uh, one of the very few medals for bravery and what have you. When I give the name and I saw the hat and what, it, this man who brought it in was his great-great-grandson, who was a professional, <laughs> big man he was, a professional wrestler um, from, <laughs> from England. And it just blew the station away. That's what you can get from... Um, doing that sort of way, Derek. You, uh, after you know, I mean, you are probably one of the busiest mediums in the in the UK. Um, you know, trying to trying to pin you down, and you know, you, you're always on the road. Um, yeah. One of the th- one of the um, one of the things I'm that you've tonight. been doing. <laughs> no, you're not tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you have been doing with my old sparring buddy Richard Felix, uh, the oh. Psychic and Science uh, shows. And I think you've got some more planned. Um, now, Richard, uh, I, I get the psychic bit, but I'd like to get your take on things. Oh, like... you got to take a shot at Richard. <laughs> no, I'm actually, uh, what I want to know is what's Derek's take on the technology of ghost hunting, such as uh, that Richard uses the stone tape projector. Well, I, I think it's very healthy, to be honest, because we're talking about here, aren't we, Steve? We're talking about 
vibrations. We're talking about uh, residual energy. Richard agrees with me about what he feels about residual energy. Um, mm -hmm. And why can't the residual energy be within, you know, the stone tape uh, theory? Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I agree, because there is. That's not spirit person, but the energy left behind by the spirit person's energy at the time living in the vicinity, in the place, and what have you. You know, I, I totally agree with it, and I, I've got along with it. Um, uh -huh. And I do believe that's so. It's part and parcel of the truth. Um, it's not all the truth, but it's part and parcel of it. And Richard is very, very... Uh, what a lovely man and honest good man yeah. he is. He's a great friend. Oh yeah, friend I loved it when well. he was over here. He was he was a blast. Him and I did a lot oh, of great. Great. Yep. He, he's one of life. If he wasn't what he was, he'd still be one of life's great guys. We've had many many adventures, Richard and I. Have you? But I was just you know because you know technology has crept inexorably into ghost hunting, hasn't it? You know it almost. Well, it has, uh, that, is that supposed to be good? the word progress? I don't know, Steve. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know because you know if, if we look back at the history of ghost investigation, uh, back to the days of Harry Price and Elliot O'Donnell, yeah. Yeah. they went along with a notebook, a pen, and it was about the human experience. But yes. the modern ghost hunter seems to have thrown the human experience aside yeah, and relies yeah. on bleepy, bleeping, flashing lights. And... Ah, but now what's happening actually now, Steve? I've been on a uh, just recently. Uh, I was invited. I was never be able to do it in the past because I've been so busy, but. Um, I've done in the last maybe two months about four different types of uh, investigations with different ghost groups in, in the UK, all mm -hmm. totally different to each other. And I've noticed that with them, they got to such a point where they'd used all the <coughs> equipment, so-called, uh, that's available, that's uh, knowledgeable to people, and then suddenly they decided on the evenings that they were going to put it down and leave it to the people to get that experience, that unique experience themselves. And I went along with it totally. And would you believe it? It worked. It worked so uh, lovely rather than, you know, talking about this meter's going off and that means the people are actually experiencing themselves. Ron, I hope you were paying attention. Ron and I had a, a disagreement last year in America because I was advocating the use of the human experience uh -huh. yeah. versus yeah, Ron's yeah. arsenal of it. He had a, a huge... Uh, pantechnic and full of equipment mm. uh, with lights and batteries and I gave our team just a notebook and pen and sent them off out um, yeah, so Ron, we, I hope you're paying attention there yeah, you know I also advocated the old systems too the pendulum, the glass swirling all that right you know I, I, I'm an advocate of that you know that, I, lo I love anything and everything that has to do with it I just, you know it's fascinating and I want to learn more about it Derek, I know we're running out of time, and, and I, I, we did have a question, and this was about another TV series that you did, which was the one on Egypt. And oh, yeah. I, I, I think that was fascinating because you really don't hear too many stories about ancient ghosts. You hear more about modern ghosts. Is, is there a reason for that? Um, well, you know what? I think the reason behind Egypt is purely on places like there, and even India to a degree, um, is because you've not had what we call workmen like mediums coming through uh, in that country, and the ones that were uh, were keeping it secret or keeping it quiet uh, through fear of large ridicule. Because um, I did meet a couple who uh, admitted um, that they were of mediumship um, standard, but they kept it quiet because of fear 
of the authorities and what have you. So basically, yeah, um, that's the reason why, um, you know, stuff has not come on. Um, had those people not been in fear, maybe many, many years ago, they would have come forward, come out of the woods, so to speak, and said, right, I, I want to investigate the tombs. I want this, that, and the other. But it <coughs> mainly fear. And there mm -hmm. is one part of the, the world now, Ron and Steve, I don't know if you know about it, but um, one part of the world, and it's going down that part of the world, where a man um, who uh, came out and said he'd been practicing mediumship for a number of years, was arrested from his family, a married man. Unbelievable. Put into jail, and then without any sort of real trial, then they beheaded him. Oh, God. <laughs> this has only happened in the last five years. No, Derek, I hate to tell you this, but we're just about out of time. we got like seconds left, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's fascinating as always. Uh, give out your website for us, please, one more time. DerekAgora.org. Pretty simple. Uh, and you got the events coming up? Yes, um, <laughs> a few, I think. Um, I'm, I'm back on my tour, but I'm going out on a spiritual trek to India to meet um, the oh, Dalai wow. Lama, and I'm taking, I believe, something like um, 500 people from all over the world that are oh, going God to come on the spiritual trek. God bless you. All right, Derek, thank you so much for being on the show. Steve, you got anything last to say? Uh, no, I'm still recovering from the onslaught of listening to you, Ron. <laughs> uh, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's time to wrap it up. So, Derek, uh, thank you so much you know, once again uh, for taking time out of your schedule. And if you ever want to do a segment on psychometry at yes. your leisure, we could arrange that. Okay. Well, let's let's think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's my favorite. Well, thanks again. And from everybody thanks, here at uh, Ghost Chronicle International, good night and God bless, everyone. Have a good, good week. God bless. Good night and God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. This is 